610 Sports Radio, it's Saturday, so it's live and local. Before us was Brandon Kylie with the leadoff from 10 to noon. We're here till 3 p.m., and then you get the sexiest trio in radio with Jillian Carroll, Kristen Nacero, and Julio Sanchez. Um, as those folks will take you up until, uh, I believe, 5.30, and then you get Cody Tapp. Um, he comes on at 8 o'clock tonight because he's on the West Coast. So um, he gets a day full of rain and thunderstorms, and then he gets a day full of baseball, or a night full yep. of baseball. The nightcap. And then speaking of programming during the weeks, Monday through Friday, 6 to 6, you got 435 Podcast Network that you can listen to all throughout the week. Check it out. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Nick Price does a podcast. I do one. Steven Serta does one. Ron the Show Hughley as well, um, among others. And then also, if you like 1985 World Series replica trophies, listen in all, all the rest of May at 2 p.m. on The Drive. And also on Tuesday, it's Ticket Tuesday on the drive as you can get a pair of tickets to the next 6-10 Saturday Royals game, which it's not really at 6-10 p.m. on Saturday next week, but it is against the Yankees. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how many players will be healthy for the Yankees as they've been just diagnosed with the injury bug this year, but you can go see the Yankees on the price of the house from 6-10 Sports Radio. Literally, all you have to do is listen. So download the Radio.com app, um, put it on your phone, turn it on your dial, put it on a preset, 6-10 Sports Radio, and listen. Um, this is our last show uh, of the month of May. Yep. Um, Royals playing a again. day game next week, so we will be off next week. Royals will start that game at one fifteen, so Cody Tapp will start at 12, so no out-of-bounds next Saturday for everyone else. We had a pretty fun discussion to end the hour at 1 o'clock. Um, we've got an hour left here, and the discussion was we saw on Twitter there was a skills competition between quarterbacks. I want to say it was about 98, 99, 97, somewhere in that era with Favre, McNair, uh, Cordell Stewart, uh, as well as Drew Bledsoe, and of course, for some randomly, Jim Harbaugh was there. But if they did it again today in the Pro Bowl, Patrick Mahomes would be the favorite. I'd like to know on the 69306 Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line, who would you like to see come at Patrick Mahomes to challenge him? We got from the 816 Big Ben, from the 816 Nasty Nate Peterman, Joe Flacco, another one. Also, a side note, uh, Lance, friend of the show, uh, really trying to get a banner for the show, Lance. I'm delivering pizzas in this weather. It sucks. People, I can't emphasize this enough. You're not going to go out in this weather. You're not going to drive in this weather. And if you do, it's going to be because you, had, because you had to do it. So if you do, order a za, or you do get delivery, tip those bad boys. Oh, yeah. Just give them a little bit of your I mean, if you can't leave your house to go get something, somebody else is having to do it for you. Make it, make it worth their while. Take care of them. And somebody who's leaving the house are players like Justin Houston, D. Ford, Chris Conley, Marcus Peters has been gone now a couple years. Eric Berry. Eric Berry leaving the house, which is crazy because a lot of these guys were on this team last year. They were what you would probably call leaders of this team, of a defense that was not very good, a defense that a lot of people would say is the reason why they didn't get to the Super Bowl. They had three straight third and tens in overtime, couldn't get Brady and Edelman off the field. Then they got rid of Bob Sutton. Then they went and got Frank Clark. Then they got Tyron Matthew. Well, they, not in this order, but they got Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark. Kendall Fuller's on this team now. Marcus Peters, Orlando Skandrick, no longer. Juan Thornhill is. Chris Conley, not on this team. Nicole Hardman is on this team now. The reason why I bring up all those names in random order is because all those names now wear the jersey number of an old Chiefs player that was pretty frequently known on this team as a fan favorite. You go around in Kansas City and you look at the type of jerseys that people wear. Now it's just 15 yeah, or 87. I'm not sure how many number 10 jerseys are still around going around, but they're there. 
Um, and now Justin Houston, who was number 50, now belongs to Darren Lee, a linebacker that Brett Veach went out and got because he wants to change his defensive narrative. He wants to be quick off the ball. He wants to be efficiently off the ball, and he wants to get off the field and put the ball in the hands of 15. And then when 15 gets you that 14 to 21-point lead, you can trust your defense to hold that lead and just run the game out. You look at D. Ford, who wore 55. Now Frank Clark wears 55. Darren Lee basically is the other side of Justin Houston. Justin Houston was a very good linebacker for the Chiefs for a couple years. Justin Houston's no longer on this team because Justin Houston didn't fit this team going forward. Was getting paid too much for not enough effort. Statistic, production. production. Statistically production. Effort was there last year. D. Ford, offsides. You'll remember it the rest of your life if you watched that game, which I know a lot of you did. High-fived your friends. Thought you were going to Atlanta to play in the Super Bowl. Turns out I was offsides. Damn, I really was? Was I? Yeah, you were. And now 55 belongs to Frank Clark, a guy who's going to also change. From the text line, 58 and 68 are the only numbers nobody needs to have. I would also throw 88 in there, unless yeah. you're still sour and got green onions about the uh, Tony Gonzalez comments. Which they do. They have, they've had a couple backup tight ends. Ross Travis. 88. Yeah. Which I was... I literally was pissed. It I was triggers like, a lot of people. I was like, Ross Travis, what are you doing, man? Like, not only that, but you're playing tight end. Um, but the number of things is kind of funny to me because if you look at what Brett Veach is trying to do with this team and the things that Brett Veach is doing, he's trying to get this new type of team and a better defense because last year's defense was absurdly atrocious. It wasn't a good defense. It never was a good defense. And you had guys on that defense that were considered leaders of this team that at one point it was a good defense when healthy and playing together. And then the last one that gets you over it is Eric Berry. You think about Eric Berry at 29. You remember when Eric Berry came back for that Thursday night uh, Chargers game? Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, okay, here we go, baby. EB's back. We got a chance. He's our leader. They end up losing that game. But what was everybody talking about? Oh, Eric Berry was out there like telling people where to be. Eric Berry only played one half. What if he'd have played the second half? Were they even at the snaps? Eric Berry was a fan favorite, a very aggravating fan favorite because he just couldn't stay healthy and he was getting paid a lot of money to be on this team. But he was a guy that when you looked out and you looked at jerseys, he was part of that 50-29. I mean, I didn't see a lot of D4 jerseys, to be honest with you, but that was a guy on that team, that defense. D4 was a very, very big focal point of this team last year because he did get to the quarterback. Yeah, and one thing, too, that I kind of noticed when Barry came back in that Chargers game is just, like, it was – he's got an iconic look to him on that defense. You know, when he came out there, you were like, okay, this looks more like the Chiefs defense that we know. The dog. And for them to flip over – Quick. And give Kendall Fuller his old number that he had in Washington, which he was wearing 23 last year, and now he's right. wearing 29. Which was funny because when he got signed, I remember when Steven Serta saw that, who's another good football mind here um, – Serta was like, sorry, Kendall, but you're going to have to change your number. Yeah. And that was true. Like, that was, I mean, there's a lot of people that I respect um, when it comes to their football mentality. And that is, of course, Binkley, Therese, Serta, and Kylie. Luckily, all those guys work for us. They're not, they don't work for us. But a lot of those guys do a lot of stuff for 610 Sports Radio. Kylie, Serta, Binkley, they're all here. Senior writer, Therese Paylor for Yahoo, of course. But he's our guy. And the thing that's funny about that is that you look at this. Trust me from the text line. I do realize that Justin Houston only had two double-digit sack years at the time as Kansas City Chief. I'm talking about as a numbers person, as a numbers of jerseys, and what this team is doing to flip over the scheme. 
when it comes to these teams and these guys, a lot of people looked at this defense when it was Tamba and it was Justin and it was Eric Berry and all those guys. It's kind of crazy that now all of a sudden it's completely flipped and it hasn't been that long of a flip. Like, clearly, I don't think anybody will ever wear 58 for the Chiefs. That's a number, and that's a, num- that's a memory that just kind of has to live on throughout its legacy. And someone says on the, on, the, on the text line, Marcus Allen, 32, should also never be worn again. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Tyron Matthews wearing that number this year. How about Spencer Ware? And Spencer Ware wore, Spencer Ware wore it a couple of years before that. But what I'm saying is what's crazy about this is Brett Veach is literally, he knows who his quarterback is, he knows what his window is, and he's getting new guys around his quarterback, not on the offensive side, but on the defensive side, and he's got guys that are now wearing numbers that you saw last year on guys that didn't really help out this defense in a way that could get this team successfully to the Super Bowl. Again, there's nothing more haunting than D. Ford lining off offsides when you're watching that Chiefs game against the Patriots and you're slapping high fives and you're getting jacked up, you're chugging your beers, you got your hams on ice. I, I Honestly, I enjoy hams. Um, and you've got all that going on. You never had hams? No, I've had hams. I was just great shocked beer. that you said that it's a great beer. It's a good beer. I like hams. Cheap beer. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to slam craft beer unless you're Jay Binkley and you go to New Axiom Brewery all the time. Shout out to them. They're great people in Lee Summit right across the apartment complex that I live in. Um, but when it comes into this, you think about, like, what Veach is doing. Yes, the moves make sense. The jersey numbers is what we try to do to make creative content to think, oh, wow, not only are they trying to replace the defense, new defensive coordinator, seven new starters, but you also have new guys on the squad where you're like, oh, these guys are wearing the same jersey numbers as the guys before, and these jerseys numbers are being play- being used by guys that are better than these guys because they're younger, they're healthy, and they're going to fit the scheme of the new defense and the new coordinator a little bit better than what they did under Bob Sutton. Yeah, the first time that you hear them announce the defense at Arrowhead and they're going to they're gonna say the number and then the name, a lot of the same numbers on that defense, almost all different names. Which I get it. A lot of people are kind of up in arms about Justin Houston. Maybe he didn't do it to you the way Barry did, but a lot of people were really emotionally attached to Eric Barry. Obviously, the background story, the leadership that he had, the speeches that he had, EB was a focus on this defense. And already there's a new number 29, And Eric Berry's been off this team for about two and a half months. So it's crazy. There's a new scheme in Arrowhead, and there's a reason why. And it's because the window is now, the time is now, because it's going to get really, 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 really expensive uh, when it comes to your quarterback because he, well, he deserves it. So uh, it is what it is. Dwayne Bowe, he surprised us, not because of what he's done with Chiefs in the past, but because it just seemed a little forced. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. PGA Tour currently going in. The final group is teed off. Jordan Spieth still at 5-under. Dustin Johnson at 5-under. Adam Scott at 5-under. Kepka just birdied. He has gone birdie, bogey, birdie. So he's now at 13-under at the lead. Eight-shot lead on moving day. Got to think that one's over. Talk a little bit about more of that in a little bit. I mean, I'm really hoping Jordan Spieth can just, like, fire off, like, a 6-under today. Just to make it interesting. I was supposed to go to this tournament on Sunday. Yeah, you didn't, though. No. You're here. You're and, st- you know, I'm not too upset about it. You stuck it out with me in this miserable weather when it looks great in New York right now. Um, Pretty interesting debate we just had about numbers that have changed in a matter of seasons, like as in one to two seasons for the Chiefs 
50, 29, 55, 22, 17. Text line 69306. The Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line, that is. Um, seems that everybody agrees that you just uh, you can't use 88. Can't use 32 as one of them for Marcus Allen. But, I mean, come on. I mean, I get it. Marcus Allen was a staple at running back in the history of the NFL. He also played for your team during those 90s Chiefs teams. Um, but, I mean, Spencer Ware wore 32, and there was really no uproar about it. Now Tyron Matthews is going to wear 32, and certainly so. But I would assume the numbers that you could probably never see again in a Chiefs player coming into the team, when you think about it, you got to think it's, what, 88? Maybe Will Shields at 68? I don't know. Linemen are different because you can just only use so many. Right. But maybe 88, and I don't think you made up a great point. I don't think we'll ever see anybody wear 15 again. No, this is the last guy that's going to be able to wear 15. I mean, you want to talk about statues and numbers being retired. In one mm-hmm. year, Patrick Mahomes did that. This this guy's not only going to have a statue at Arrowhead, but he'll have a statue in Kansas City at some point. Somebody said 16, maybe. Um, I just don't time. think anybody's going to be court. That, that yeah. Montana was 19. That doesn't really do anything for me. No. Um, But Patrick Mahomes should be the quarterback for this team for the next 15 years, you would hope. Um, But like I said, P.J. Tour getting started. Or the final group is finally getting started. They're three holes in. Kepka still leads. He now has an eight-shot lead over Spieth, Adam Scott, Dustin Johnson. Adam Scott just bogeyed, so now he's at minus four. Oh, yeah, sorry. 58's another one. That's the other one I was trying to think of, Derek Thomas. That'll never get worn again. No. 58, 58, 88 for sure. 68, maybe. A lot of eights. 88, never going to get worn. Shouldn't. Ross Travis tried to. Um, But uh, somebody also chimes in from the 816. No one should wear 91. Tama gave us. I mean, I agree. Tama's all right. I don't know. 91 seems like a number that'll probably get used again. Probably already is being used again. Is Derek Nottie? Is he 91? Might be good. Good pull there, if that is. I'm sure you can bring up the Chiefs roster and figure that out. But speaking of the Chiefs and their roster, I'm not trying to discredit for what this guy has done for the Chiefs and his legacy as a Chief. What I question is, is the fact that they gave him a one-day contract. Not he is 91. Yep. Nice pull, Nick Price. Thank you. You do have one fan on the text line that says, more Nick Price. Yep. Thank Everybody you. needs a fan base. Appreciate that. Um, but you look at what the Chiefs did when it came to giving one-day contracts to um, Jamal Charles. It kind of made sense, right? Yeah, like Jamal, one of the best players in the franchise history. Right. Which we can't really use that narrative when we talk about Dwayne Bowe because he's one of the best receivers in franchise history. But you right. look at Jamal Charles, right? And you look at where Jamal Charles comes from when it comes to Chiefs running backs. Christian Okoye, Marcus Allen, Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes, just to name a few. And Jamal Charles has the best running back yard per game average in NFL history at 5.4. Made sense. Yeah, because not only is he great as far as Chiefs running backs go, but he's great as far as NFL history of running backs. When you lead yeah. a category like yards per carry in the history of the NFL with all the great running backs that have come through, you deserve that one-day contract and that little moment before you ride off into the sunset. Yeah, and he's also a glorified Chiefs Hall of Famer. Could possibly 
Some people would say differently. This is a fun debate to have that's been going on for quite some time now. Could be an NFL Hall of Famer. And then Derek Johnson gets one. Because as we know, Derek Johnson um, kind of came into the league. Chiefs player, drafted out of Texas, first-round draft pick, middle linebacker. And then last year he got signed by the Raiders, then cut. Kind of left a bad taste in your mouth the way that Derek Johnson went out. And then this year, um, he gets the one-day contract, retires a chief. And then we get this week via Twitter and his glorious white suit with 21 chains around his neck. We do it again because we saw Jamal Charles got the handoff, ran into the, you know, ran through. Oh, it was cool. Like, Jamal Charles and Patrick Mahomes. Like, what, what if? if? Yeah, exactly. What if they played together? And then Patrick Mahomes like, hey, man, like, I'm just going to let you know, like, if you were, like, on like I grew up watching you as a Chiefs player, like, I even wore, like, the 2-5 jersey, and I went to Texas Tech. So you're kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Like, Patrick Mahomes kind of, like, saw that. Then you see, like, the Dwayne, video, Dwayne Bow video, and you're like, oh, cool. And I get it. And don't worry. I left the numbers up because the text line just completely destroyed us. And they said, hey, guys. You know Dwayne Bowe's in the top five of every statistical category in receiving yards and receiving for the Kansas City Chiefs. And that might be fair. But again, Jamal Charles had a lot more competition. Derek Johnson has had a lot more competition when it comes to Chiefs in that position. Dwayne Bowe doesn't really have a lot of competition when it comes to Chiefs receivers. The leading receiver in Chiefs history is Tony Gonzalez. A tight end. A tight end. He has the most receptions of anybody at 916. The next closest is Dwayne Bowe at 532. So that's all good. He's almost 500 receptions behind Tony Gonzalez, a tight end. And below him is Henry Marshall, who played from 76 to 87 with the Chiefs. After that, Otis Taylor, we all know. And behind that, another tight end. Travis Kelsey. When it comes to yards, Dwayne Bowe is third behind Otis Taylor and Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez also is like in the top three in history of NFL in receiving yards. And Dwayne Bowe had 7,155 yards. We go to touchdowns. Dwayne Bowe's also in the top five in touchdowns with 49. Above him is Stephon Page. He played from 83 to 91. Chris Buford, who played from 60 to 67, and Otis Taylor from 65 to 75, and again, Tony Gonzalez from 97 to 2008 had 76 touchdowns with the Chiefs. And look, we're not knocking Dwayne Bowe here. We're Obviously, not. he had some success in Kansas City, but we're just saying that the company that he's in with, or that he's with in the top five to 10, a lot of those guys are in a non passing era. So it hasn't exactly been a position of strength for the Kansas City Chiefs traditionally. At wide receiver. And I get it. It's not Dwayne Bowe's fault that he's a top five receiver or, as some would say, the best receiver the Chiefs have ever had. That's not what I'm saying. But it just seemed a little much and a little forced that Dwayne Bowe would get the send-off and all that with, like, a pass from Patrick Mahomes, with Andy Reid, who was not his coach at the time, with Patrick Mahomes, who wasn't a quarterback at the time. Like, Patrick Mahomes had some sort of tie to Derek Johnson because he was on the same team with Derek Johnson. Um, Patrick Mahomes had a tie to Jamal Charles because they're both Texas kids. Patrick Mahomes grew up watching Jamal Charles. He said he wore the 2-5 jersey because of 
watching him as a kid, even though Jamal Charles went to Texas and, and Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech. So I'm not saying from the 816 that I don't think it's Dwayne Bowe's fault to have he didn't have competition in that position. That's not what I'm saying. No. But it just seems like out of all the people to get a one-day contract, it didn't seem like Dwayne Bowe would get one. I get it. Twitter's fun. Twitter allows us to have these type of interactions with uh, your team that you follow. But it just seemed weird. And I don't think I'm the only one that had that narrative when it came to Patrick Mahomes getting the one-day contract. No, and I think, it, I think it's exactly kind of what we said earlier of how the Chiefs saw how much success and how cool it was to have Mahomes handing off to Jamal Charles because everybody wants more Mahomes, right? And, you, and yeah. they saw that, and then they're like, okay, who else can we do this with? Right. Because the slow de- it's the slow time in the football season right now. you got to find ways to get the Chiefs back in that social media sphere right now with nothing else going on. And so they're like, who else can we bring in? Who else needs to retire as a Chief? Hey, Dwayne Bowe last played for the Chiefs in 2014, five years ago. Still kind of fresh. I know that he was here for Andy Reid's first season was Dwayne Bowe's last season in Kansas City. So there's a tiny bit of a connection there. But it just seems a little bit forced, you know? Yeah, and I appreciate you correcting me. Um, but the thing is, is like for me, Dwayne Bowe's highlights in Kansas City, other than the 15 touchdowns he had that one year and like pointing the thumb on the back and giving the nickname somewhere under Dwayne Bowe. Yeah. To me, the highlight for Dwayne Bowe was saying, I want to thank the Clarks, um, the drops that he was notoriously known for. The fact that when we talked about this earlier in the show, someone said he's still catching with his body and not his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he got pulled over and asked the cop, is Sonic still open? The brass that took when your car smells like weed. Yeah. Um, and then the Colts game that they blew in the uh, in the playoffs, which would go to Andy Reid's first year where he caught the ball literally out of bounds um, and didn't try to stay inbounds when you know you had to be inbounds. It just seemed that Dwayne Bowe was always kind of a – kind of seemed like schizophrenia was kind of a part of Dwayne Bowe's football game because you just never really knew which Dwayne Bowe you were going to get, which to me, that's why the whole one-day contract seems a bit odd because Jamal Charles, you always knew. He was on a team that was very, very bad, but he was the focal point. In fact, he was doing things that Chris Johnson was doing. Chris Johnson had a 2,000-yard rushing season, yet Jamal Charles was still keeping up. He didn't have the total number in yards, but the yards per carry, like you said, leads all-time in NFL with 5.4. Um... The Royals have got to do something. They've got to do something else. They're 15 and 30. They're 14 games out of first place. I'm not saying this man's going to help their record. or In fact, I don't know if it's going to up the production, but it's something that needs to happen. It needs to happen very, very soon. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Old friend of mine, alert from an old job I used to have in college at 98.5 The Bar in Warrensburg, the city of Warrensburg, Missouri, Central Missouri. Shout out. John West says, I'd like to know how many drops Dwayne Bowe had in his career. And, like, if that's a stat, we drop that up. Thank you, John West, for listening. Old friend alert. Um, From the 816, the Clarks was Jamal. It was not. It's Dwayne Bowe. It's fine. Check it out, though. Yeah. You haven't seen it. Live and local on Saturday, 610 Sports Radio. Right now, it's out of bounds. Nick Price, Dusty Likens, your host. We do this thing every Saturday, except for next Saturday, because the Royals will play at a different time slot than they normally do. They'll play at 115, which means the pregame with Cody Tapp will start at 12. So, last show in the month of May. 
Um, so far, it's been fun. I hope you're enjoying this ride as well as it's a local Saturday show that we try to keep it as local as possible. That's why you don't get the NBA talk that you might want. Sporting KC in action tonight. Um, Royals in action tonight, but later on, and they're on the West Coast, Cody Tapp's pregame show will start tonight at 8 p.m. I believe first pitch is set for 9.07, which means that game will get over at about, oh, I don't know, 1 a.m., Leaderboard update at the PJ Championship. Brooks Kepka at minus 13. Dustin Johnson at minus 6. Jordan Spieth at minus 5. I'll gear up for that. If Dustin Johnson can get like four or five strokes behind Kepka Sunday, you get two of the longest ball-hitting guys on the tour, um, both dating supermodels. Uh, Dustin Johnson is a guy that I've always said could be like a guy that could save the game of golf. Um, but speaking of saving things, I think Bubba Starling can kind of save a little bit of this season for the Royals. We teased it before he went to break. The Royals are 15-30 and after 45 games this season. They've been about as inconsistent as possibly a team could be in the Major League Baseball League. That is professional baseball. And Bubba Starling has not been inconsistent in AAA Omaha. Bubba Starling has been hitting the ball like he never has before. Bubba Starling is 27 years old. He was a first-round draft pick, fifth overall in 2011 out of Gardner City, Kansas. Went to Gardner-Edgerton High School, wanted to play football for Nebraska, decided not to because he wanted to go the baseball route, left baseball for a short period, came back to baseball, and now all of a sudden he's hitting 350 in the minors. He's got an over 800 OPS. He's got uh, three home runs, six stolen bases, been caught twice. And currently, the argument from the organization might be, well, we just don't have anywhere to put him. We'd have to make a roster move. Well, that's quite easy. Now, last year, they called up Adalberto Mondesi a little bit after halfway through the season as he played 75 games. But you saw what this team did once Mondesi got called up. Now, Mondesi, who is someone I believe will be the face of this franchise, for the next many years to come. This team played better with Mondesi in the, on the lineup last year. This team had a spark. It had a surgence in the second half. In the first half where everyone said they've got potentially to have one of the worst, if not the worst, record in baseball history. Could have surpassed that early, Detroit, early 2000 Detroit Tigers team. That was really bad. And this year, you called up Nicky Lopez after saying that it was going to be a little bit of time before Nicky Lopez got called up, but you called him up. Chris Owings is literally hitting less than 140. He strikes out a ton. And like we said last weekend, we believe that the reason he gets a shot is because Dayton Moore had told that man, hey, man, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make yourself notable as a baseball player, give you a chance run you out there, and be a good baseball player. So in case anybody else might want to be considered coming to this team as a free agency, if this team might get going down the stretch, that maybe they would see the way that we handle other players on this organization. Chris Owen just meaning the topic of conversation. Other guys that that might involve is like Billy Hamilton. But when it comes to me, I don't see the relevance in that. Now I get it. Dayton Moore has always been a man of his word. He's always been an honorable guy. He's a respected guy. I trust Dayton Moore. I think Dayton Moore is very good at his job. But sometimes I believe that being too nice can affect you in ways that you didn't think it would. And when you have guys like Chris Owings that come up here, who you now are catering to by giving days off to clear his head, 
but yet he's still playing in different positions and you're platooning him everywhere and it's just not working. You got to just depart yourself from that, I believe. You look at Billy Hamilton, a guy that's not even hitting 230, and he's playing center field at, I would say, a decent way. He had that great diving catch at the K not too long ago. He had a catch that he tried to make that he dropped and then they ended up losing that game. He can't get on base. When he does, he's been caught stealing four times. He's got nine stolen bases. That doesn't seem like a number of a guy that really kind of gets the, gets the movement going on the base. Not only that, but he can't get on base. You can't steal a base unless you get on base. And those two guys sit at the bottom of your lineup. Now, Billy Hamilton has been out the last two days. Bubba Starling turned into a project. That project is now starting to look like it's panning out in AAA. Again, I don't make decisions for the Royals. I respect that franchise. They won a World Series just short four years ago. But this team is now 15-30 and 30 after 45 games of the Major League season in 2019. They're 14 games out of first place. Some of you might be saying, I don't know why you're talking about the Royals. The season's over. That's a fair assumption to have. I'm not going to go that far in yet. I think the Minnesota Twins have been an anomaly in baseball this year. They, they have, if not the best, but one of the best records in baseball. But you look at what the Royals have right now. The Royals have a lineup that can be exciting. They have a team that can be very, very fun to watch when they are hitting on all cylinders. You look at the top of that lineup, Whit Merrifield, Nicky Lopez, Edward Domondesi, Alex Gordon, Hunter Dozier, Ryan O'Hearn, Jorge Soler. That's seven guys right there. Now, O'Hearn seems to be kind of turning things around. He had a very, very slow start. It's like sophomore year. The league might have a lot of video out on him that he didn't know about, that he's got to turn, to, he's got to turn that around. But you look at what Nicky Lopez can do. And the other night when Nicky Lopez made his debut, I got, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do this job, and I got to go out there and watch that. And you could see how that team reacted to him getting up there. It wasn't like a new pet when you have an old pet where it's like, what's he doing here? He's got to learn his ways. He's got to get, you know, established here. It was more so of, yeah, this kid's been good. We needed to bring him up. And Whit Merrifield was basically the guy that was like, hey, I'm cool moving around. That's just the way it was. This team is okay with that. And if you bring up Bubba, you've got to ask yourself. And I asked around. I've texted some people that are contacts, some that are very heavily involved in, in, in baseball. And I've asked, is it worth conversation to talk about Bubba Starling being called up? One of those responses that I respect very much so just said, I can't see why you wouldn't give him a chance over Hamilton. All it costs is a roster spot, and they can just get rid of Owens or Hamilton for that. Before the game, before the season started, you said, we're going to get back to the way that we do things. We're going to steal bases, we're going to play defense, and we're going to keep the line moving. Owens and Hamilton don't do that. You have a kid that you drafted in the first round, fifth overall in 2011, that is finally hitting the way that you thought he could hit, hitting 350. That's even better than what you thought. Nicky Lopez was doing that. Guess what Nicky Lopez has done? He's got 16 at-bats, a very, very small sample size in baseball, but it's showing up very big in the big leagues because he's hitting 375. He's getting on base. He's already got three doubles, and he's only struck out twice in those 16 at-bats, whereas Chris Owens has literally struck out 46 times in 120 at-bats. That's almost half. That's crazy. 
If he strikes out 60 times in 120 at-bats, what do you do there? You can't promise anything there. What are you telling to your minor league system? There's nothing you can tell. If you're a man of your word and you're a man that praises yourself as being respected and everything like that, how do you explain to a guy like Bubba Starling who left baseball, came back to baseball, finally gets it going, but you'll be like, eh, I want to test things out. Just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and we're not saying that bringing up Bubba Starling is going to get a bunch of people out to the K or anything like that. But one thing that I did see the other night, I was working at the restaurant at my other job, and Nicky Lopez was making his debut, and people stopped eating to watch his first at-bat and even his second at-bat. Like, you might not get the attendance numbers that you might expect from, like, when they called up Hosmer and they called up Moustakis and stuff back in the day. But it's something where it's going to make it a must-see moment. And it's going to put more eyes on the Kansas City Royals in a time where they're definitely struggling right now to get that kind of viewership. So it's something to think about that at least, even if it doesn't make a huge difference in the wins and losses this year, it might make a little bit of a difference in the interest in the team around Kansas City. Because like we said before, once the Chiefs come back to Arrowhead and they start training camp, that's where the attention to Kansas City is going. So this is your chance. It's like I said last night, Nicky Lopez had, at the time, Nicky Lopez had six hits and 12 at-bats, 500 average, pretty easy math. Chris Owings had 17 hits and 120 at-bats. Pretty sad. I'm not saying that Bubba Starling's going to change the world. I'm not going to say he's going to change the record a, a, a ton, but he's going to give you a better chance than somebody who's hitting 225 and someone who's hitting 138 on a major league roster. Um, we got to wrap this bad boy up when we come back. It's storming. We got the two-minute warning. Got a little bit of PGA Tour news for you as well. And then we get you set up so you can get tuned in with overtime with Jillian Carroll, Chris Unicero, and Julio Sanchez. All that next. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Just about 10 minutes left on Out of Bounds after us. Unicero, Carol, Sanchez. The sexy trio that takes you up for overtime before you'll get uh, later on Cody Tapp, 8 o'clock pregame show on 16 Sports Radio as the Royals, West Coast. Trout, Pujols, Calhoun, Otani, Angels. Um, last night's game, 5-2. O'Hearn with two RBIs. Still no bubble. Coming though. I got a strong feeling it's coming. Feel like Bubba can't do much more to get improved. Feel like he's got to be on this roster at some point. You got the Yankees coming in town, then you go to Boston. You can't have time here to really struggle with your offense and your uh your inconsistencies. You're really gonna get way, way out of this. As you're right now, you're 15 and 30. You're 14 games out of first place in your own division. Granted, the Minnesota Twins are playing some really good baseball to start the year off, but to be fair, it's almost the end of May. This is our last show of May, as next week the Royals will play at 115, so the pregame show will start at 12. Just to give you a little recap what Bubba Starling has done this year in AAA, 117 at-bats, that's a good enough sample size for me, 41 hits in those 117 at-bats, which gives him a 350 average, a 392 OPB, a slug of 479 and an OPS of 871. Pretty good. Six stolen bases, caught twice, three home runs. 
17 RBIs, 10 walks, struck out 26 times. So he's got a little bit of a strikeout issue there, but that's still got to be better than what you're witnessing right now. Your leaderboard of the PGA Championship, the major that got moved from August to May because they just were tired of the gap between majors of the Masters and the U.S. Open. Brooks Kepka leads at 13 under, Dustin Johnson at minus six. Matt Wallace at minus five. Adam Scott, minus five. George Spieth, minus five. Uh, that's enough about that. Not even going to try to say that name that's also tied for third. At least his first name is easy. It's Jazz. Jazz. Um, so that's that. Kind of disappointed in the PGA Championship. I know people tell me all the time, I don't know why you try to give golf a try. It's extremely boring. Um, I just really enjoy golf. I enjoy Tiger Woods. He's one of my top... Uh, Top guys in my horny Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, Aaron Rodgers, Mike Trout, Tiger Woods, um, all members of that Hall of Fame as well. And the PGA Tour, the PGA Championship, the major that it is this weekend, the major that it is today, tomorrow. Today is moving day. Jordan Spieth trying to do his best to stay relevant. But it seems that everybody's just going to continue to chase Brooks Kepka. Dustin Johnson might be our only hope. That would be amazing if he did. Um it would make the thing interesting. Dustin Johnson or Jordan Spieth are the only ones I feel that can keep up with Brooks Kepka. But the problem why I have a problem with Brooks Kepka is because he has everything to be somewhat of a savior for the game of golf, but he just has a blank personality. Yeah, I mean, he's been absolutely terrific. He's looking like he's going to win his fourth major since he came onto the scene just a couple of years ago. And if he had a little bit more of a personality or was at least like more likable, I know a lot of guy, a lot of people hate on him because he's good looking. He's got a attractive girlfriend. He just runs away with these tournaments and everything. But he's doing something pretty incredible here. And we're not really talking about it because he's not that flashy, like fun loving guy. He's not going to give you a lot of cool sound bites. He's not very active on social media and all that kind of stuff. And if you just see where he stuck his shot, it's uh, disgusting. But, I mean, just watching him play, like, this guy is incredible. Yeah, the only thing he got wrong this week was the hat. Yeah, the hat, now, is, the hat needs to change. Now, that's out of his control. That's right. that's Nike for you. Um, he, but he currently sits at 13 under. He's one under on the day. Um, he just stuck another shot. He's probably going to be at 14 under. But, again, Brooks Kepka is about to win his fourth major. That's how many. That's literally how many Rory McIlroy has, who was supposed to be the next saving grace of golf. Brooks Keppel won two majors last year. He's going to win maybe another one this year, and there's still two to go. From the 816, hey, man, I build clubs, and I'd love to work on yours. Like golf clubs, 816, Protein Alice with a Purpose text line, 69306. I mean, I'm down. Mine could use a lot of work. I mean, I snapped my six iron the first week I had them. Really? I didn't mean to. get mad. I didn't, I didn't really get mad. I literally, like, tossed it towards my cart, and it literally just, like, hit something just right to where the club just broke. Like, it literally broke off at the head of the club. It was a six iron of a tailor-made burner. Um, but other than that, the other ones are good. But, no, the thing about Brooks is that, like you said, he has a story where he wanted to play baseball and hockey, but he broke his nose in a car accident. He decided to pick up golf, and just magically, here it is. And I think the people, the reason that they don't like Brooks is because the personality doesn't really speak out. It's not very... Uh, flamboyant it's not very bright it's not very attractive he is as a golfer because he's gigantic he pounds the ball down the fairway he knows how to take away from tournaments and like I said out of the last what there's four majors last year there's two majors this year out of the last six majors he's possibly going to win three of them winning two last year and one this year out of the last six majors he will have won three of them 
On the 816, yes, golf clubs. I'm a fan, so you guys are on the house. God bless you. Anytime. Yeah, you got a driver that can fix a slice? So I'm down for that. I think he means like repairing golf clubs. Yeah. I think he can, that's that's more so you. That's a you thing. That's definitely a me thing. Um, But no, I mean, I play golf. I'm probably going to play tomorrow if it's not too wet. Um, But the thing about it is that like you have guys like Tiger Woods. You have guys like uh, Jordan Spieth. You have guys like Dustin Johnson, who I feel like can kind of be that guy that can get things going other than Tiger Woods. But Brooks Kepka, a little disappointing because you're leading this tournament, and honestly, I don't think anybody's going to watch. Two-minute warning. That'll bring us to the two-minute warning. What the heck? Let's go. You can check the segment out. Finally, Goatman makes an appearance with four minutes left in the show. It's raining, so I'm drinking beer. Shocker, but I still need my daily Goatman content. I'm not going to get it next Saturday because we will be off. But this is, of course, the two-minute warning where we wrap up our biggest topics that we discussed today. The Royals and Bubba Starling. I don't know if it happens. I'm not sure when it happens. I think it should happen, and it should happen soon. Yeah, it would make a lot of sense to happen during the dog days of summer when all you got is baseball. All eyes on baseball. Why not now? Yeah, bring it up next Tuesday and Wednesday when you'll play at St. Louis. Let him hit a walk-off home run. That's all I can say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, the other thing about the uh, the Royals and Bubba Starling is your team is 15-30. and 30. You're 14 games out of first place. It's May 18th, correct? Is that today's date? Mm-hmm. Today's May, May 18th. You are literally that far out of the league. Got to do something. The Chiefs, they're turning over a new leaf, and they're changing numbers quickly. Not as in, like, cell phone numbers, but literally as in numbers. 50 was Justin Houston. It's now Darren Lee. 29 was Eric Berry. It's now Kendall Fuller. D. Ford was 55. It's now Frank Clark. 22 was Peter slash Skandrick. Now it's Juan Thornhill. And 17 was Conley. It's now McCall Hardman. Chiefs are turning over new leaves. They want a different type of team. They want a better defense. What better than to get your memory erased than to start up with a new team? Brett Veach wants to change this world. He wants to change the team. He wants to do it now because he knows the window is shrinking and that Patrick Mahomes is going to be really expensive next year. One-day contracts with Dwayne Bowe has been a hot topic that a lot of people are on two different sides of the fence. Very defensive for Dwayne Bowe. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it was weird. Like, this probably should have happened a couple years ago. That's fine. He hasn't played for the Chiefs in five years. Love yeah, Dwayne Bowe, though. Go check out his music video. Did that. It's pretty entertaining. Check out his Instagram. He's coming down the stairs in his mansion wearing just a towel, smoking a blunt. Yeah. That's literally what it is. Um, to everyone that listened, thank you very much. To everyone that's out there and the weather gets crazy, always remember... Sister Station 98.1 KMBZ can tell you where you need to be and how you need to be safe because they will keep you updated with the storm. For Nick Price, thank you very much, Nick, for all your work and everything you do every day on this show. Dusty Likens, up next, it's overtime with Chris Unicero, Julio Sanchez, and Jillian Carroll, or as like I say to everybody else, it's the sexiest trio in Kansas City Sports Radio. We're out of here.